You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Um, oh, there we go. Uh, it's good to be with you as we continue our series on the irrational Jesus. Uh, thank you for being with us uh, today. Our scripture lesson today comes from Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six and seven. It'll be on the screens and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And Ron, I think I'm hearing a very small, mm, am I the only one hearing that? Okay, schedule that appointment later. So, <laughs> um, so uh, if, if you haven't been with us, so the first week we talked about Jesus is fully divine and fully human, and Jesus assumes our humanness, including our blind spots. We have blind spots. Having a blind spot is not a sin. Not correcting for it just might be. And then last week we talked about changing economies from an economy of mammon or stuff, scarcity, to an economy of manna. An economy means oikonomia, uh, which means how you order your household, right? Uh, and this, this parable, we talked about the parable of the dishonest steward, which is just a crazy story uh, in Luke chapter 16. Um, if we have eyes only of mammon and only of stuff and only of scarcity, this, this parable makes no sense. So we must see things a different way, see things with a, a model of manna, of God's abundance and God's providence. Uh, when we are in that position, this strange and irrational parable starts to make more sense. We talked about how this kingdom of God seems to be irrational. Hope, altruism, generosity, resurrection from the dead, the last shall be first. All these things are are quite irrational thoughts according to the world. And this kingdom seems to be irrational until the kingdom captures us. And then it begins to make all the sense in the world. So, as an example... We're going to try something today. Uh, And I know how Methodists are with audience participation, but I just need you to spend a minute for Jesus here. Uh, What we're going to play, we're going to play a game. Uh, And it's called Super Massive Multiplayer Thumb War. Okay? Don't move yet. What you're going to do is you're going to find a buddy to your right and to your left. And you're going to, you know, thumb wars, right? One, two, three, four, I declare a thumb war. And you try to pin the person's thumb. Or we're going to do that, but we're going to do that with one node, which means everyone is playing. It's one game. All right, so you're going to find, I already see. So the extroverts in the congregation are saying, yes, finally. And the, the introverts are saying, I am never coming back to Asbury ever again. Right? It's okay. Just, it's just a minute for Jesus. Okay, let's try this. So um, uh, you're going to find a partner on your right and on your left, and hopefully everyone's connected. So you might have to reach across the aisle and stand up. When I say, 
one, two, three, four, I declare a thumb war is when you play. Okay, so go ahead. You can do this. Stand up. Stand up. Find a hand. Find a partner. Reach across the aisle. Everybody connected. Playing the thumb war. It's great. Don't do it just yet. If you have a free thumb, you're not doing it right. Grab a hand. You might have to get creative. This is good. Grab a thumb. Oh, if this is your first time in Asbury, I'm so sorry. You get to meet people real quick. All right, are we all connected? Everybody have a thumb that wants a thumb? Excellent. See if we can have one full node. Excellent. It'd be really great with that hand. Okay, good. Here we go. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war and go. When you have won or when you are defeated, have a seat when you're done. It's good. <laughs> good. Okay. So how many of you won at least one of the matches? Okay, good. Congratulations, you are grand champions of Supermassive Multiplayer Thumb War at Asbury, first annual. That's good. How many of you won both? Congratulations, you are legendary grand champions of Supermassive Multiplayer Thumb War at Asbury, first annual. Uh, or inaug- inaugural, excuse me, the inaugural. Uh, so, so, so what happened? First... Let's talk about what didn't happen. And I wish you were up here to see what I was saying. I didn't see anyone checking their email. Or their watch. My assumption is you weren't thinking about where you're going to lunch today. There were lots of smiles. Lots of laughter. Which is, I say this in great love. But sometimes when we're singing songs, Jesus, Jesus, you kind of get this like, I want these three minutes to pass, right? This kind of thing, like, uh, we've heard this song a hundred billion times, right? You know, this kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but there wasn't any of that. Everyone was participating, and there was laughter, and there was, and there was can I say, there was joy. There was just this moment. Joy is the sense where you're no longer conscious of yourself. There was just this moment where you weren't thinking about the outside world, The only thing that mattered was this one minute right. The two people on your right and on your left or across from you, those people for just like 30 seconds were the most important people in the entire universe to you in that moment. You want to talk about what the kingdom of God is like. I love this. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a treasure. It's like a treasure buried in a field. And then a man discovered it sold everything to purchase that field. Without playing this game, and I said the, the kingdom of God is like a treasure buried in your field, maybe you've heard that. Maybe it's even nonsensical. Like, why would someone sell everything to buy a plot of land for what might be under it? But I open this very, very brief exercise. You begin to, you begin to get it. That this kingdom is, is a place of selflessness. It's a place of joy. It's a place where it doesn't matter how much stuff you have or what your bank account was or even where your next meal is coming from. There's just this joy in the moment. This 
irrational joy in this moment. So what is happening? This is fantastic. Did you know that if you hold hands with someone for six seconds, your body naturally releases oxytocin, which means you are primed physiologically to be just a bit kinder and just a bit more generous with that person. Did you know that when you smile, smile releases uh, neuropeptides that help fight off stress and endorphins that are a natural pain reliever and serotonin, which is your body's natural happiness machine. (laughs) All of these things happened during that game. Your body released positive things. And hope for just a moment you were just a bit less stressful. Unless you're like super competitive and you got really angry that someone pinned your thumb. You know, someone was like hulking out, not fair, that wasn't fair. Like you're missing the kingdom, man. Like it's just a, it's just a game. All of the, so the person that first revealed this, her name is Jane McGonigal. And she is a game designer um, uh, as well as a, 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 she's a researcher uh, as well. And if you're on our texting service, you will see there is a YouTube video where she plays this multi, uh, uh, multiplayer massive thumb war uh, at a TED Talk. Um, she does this work of, of gaming uh, and, and seeing the power that games have in our life to express a deeper truth. And this originated in 2009 uh, after uh, an accident that she had, which led to a concussion that led to a very long road of, of health consequences. She had to relearn uh, how, to, how to say some phrases. Her short-term memory was, uh, was, was damaged. Uh, she had some physical uh, mobility issues. So she had to wrestle with this. And while she was wrestling with this, because she's a re- researcher at heart, she started to ask others who were in the hospital and others who were struggling, because she, was starting, she didn't know if she was getting out of the hospital. She didn't know what the next day was going to hold. So she held lots of regrets. So she started asking around of the other people who were ill, asked them what their regrets are. And being a good researcher, she came up with the five most common regrets in her sample size, right? So this is not a global exhaustive list. But these are the five regrets that she found. Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And I will tell you, when I've been at the bedside, I have not yet heard one person say, I hope I get better so that I can answer email more promptly. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Or another way to say that is, I wish I would say what I thought and I didn't hide what I was really feeling. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I'd say stay in touch with the people I love. I wish I had kept that connection. And then number five, I wish that I had let myself be happier. Again, I've never been at the bedside where someone said, I, just, I was just too happy. I was just too happy. Hmm. These are her regrets. So she developed a game, being also a researcher and a gamer and a game developer. She developed a game called Super Better. And it's literally an app that you can download. You can go to, if you are a part of our texting service, you can find a link to superbetter.org and get connected. So it's a, it's a role-playing game. 
Uh, and it's a game because she was doing these things like she was giving herself challenges. Walk to the mailbox and back. That was a challenge for a day. Or remember a number sequence today. And she got her people together, like her clan together. And she emailed it out. So her friends and family could text her, hey, how are you doing on walking to the mailbox today? They were encouragers, people in her corner. She also had enemies or bad guys, villains, right? Uh, which were things like, uh, uh, for example, uh, exhaustion or uh, the tired bug. Like you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to do it. So she had to actively fight against these things. And as she would do these things, she would give herself points and she would level up in her journey. And when she leveled up, she gave herself rewards. Uh, and over time, she recovered. It had everything to do with thinking positively. It had everything to do with surrounding herself with, with, with people that would encourage her. Now, it's not, here's the footnote, it is not a magic pill. Okay? I will say that. It worked for her in the work that she had to do. She also, parents, here's one. She also created a game called Chore Wars. Chore Wars where you could challenge other family members. Uh, if you do more chores, you get more points and then you get rewards at the end of the week. And you could choose a character like, I'm an elf, you're a goblin, whatever. You know, fantasy kind of a deal. Uh, it's called Chore Wars, where you as a family online, I did the dishes, I get 10 points. And once I get 25 points, that means I can have prize-winning brisket at burnt offerings. So I'm really looking forward to earning that reward. Right? Chore Wars, look that up, parents. It's a helpful tool. Not with my family, they ignored it. But maybe for years it will work. <laughs> I tried. We tried. We tried chore wars. I have an account and everything. It didn't. Maybe for your family. So after this, and she recovered uh, using uh, uh, Super Better, um, she discovered several things about herself. Number one, her priorities had changed after that experience. She felt closer to her friends and family. She understood herself better. She had a new sense of meaning and purpose. And she was able to focus on new goals and dreams. The really interesting thing about games, in terms of this irrational kingdom, games offer a space, offer a safe space, where there is no penalty for failure. For example, one of my favorite games is, um, and you can judge me nine ways to Sunday, it's Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Don't at me. <laughs> Thank you, right? So, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, fantastic game. Uh, and, you, and you fight monsters, you try to defeat Ganon, and you learn skills along the way. You can do the game in any order that you want. The thing is, if you go to a section of the game and you're not successful and you die in the game, what happens? You respawn, you start back to where you died, and you just try it again. When there's this kind of freedom, where there's no penalty for failure, what happens is, you're no longer afraid. There's no fear. It doesn't matter if I fail. I'll just try again. There's almost nothing more crippling to our human experience than fear. What if I don't measure up? What if this plan doesn't work? What will they think of me? Especially when we're talking about kingdom work. Kingdom work fails a lot. I wish Jesus had given us a seven-step manual to having this, the perfect church. <laughs> Especially when you're doing kingdom work, when we start this ministry, uh, is it going to fail? And who's going to blame us if it does? 
when we open the doors to the community, is anyone going to show up? Or maybe I'm preaching to myself, what if you start a sermon with a supermassive multiplayer thumb war and people walk out and email the bishop, right? It's okay to take risks. If God is with us, there is nothing to fear. If God is with us, there, there's, a, there's a story from the Midrash. The Midrash is, is uh, extra canonical writings from the Jewish rabbis uh, based on the text. And there's this really great story um, of when Moses was parting the Red Sea. Now, this is not canonical. Don't look it up in Exodus. It's not there. It's extra canonical Midrash writings from the rabbis. And the rabbis would, make, they would do commentary on scripture. And that's what the, 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 the Talmud and the Midrash Oh, there's a story uh, of before God parted the seas, Moses called on one of the Hebrews to wade in the water. And he didn't have to wade up to his ankles or to his knees or to his waist or to his chest. He had to wade in the water up to his ears to the point where the water almost consumed him. And then the seas were parted. God was calling them to take a step to risk faith, and to start moving. And when they did, the seas parted. That's the cool thing about games, man. There's no penalty for failure. And when there's no penalty for failure, there's no more any fear. There is a reason why do not fear, do not be afraid happens over and over and over again in Scripture. I haven't counted, but I heard it's there 365 times. At least the metaphor for that is, there's one for every day. If you need another verse about not being afraid, there's one for every day. This is what the kingdom of God is. It's a place of no fear. If you remember the game, it's a place of no fear. It's a place where the people around you are the most important people in the universe. It's a place where you don't care about the outside world or how much your bank account says or what kind of car you drive or to what home you're going to. It is a place of joy. It's a place of selflessness. It's almost a place where you lose yourself for the goodness of of God. Do I need to remind you of the regrets? I wish I'd had the courage to be myself. I wish I'd had the courage to not work so hard. I wish I had the, the courage to speak truth. I wish I had the courage to stay in touch with the people I'm supposed to love. I wish I'd let myself be happier. These do not have to be our regrets. That does not have to be our story. We're not perfect. We have blind spots. It's not a sin to have a blind spot. Not correcting for it just might be. This kingdom of God doesn't seem to make sense. The last shall be first. Blessed are the poor. Hope. Generosity. Resurrection from the dead. This kingdom Jesus talks about seems to be irrational until it captures you. And I hope for just a moment this morning, for just a moment, it did. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Holy and living God, our living hope, 
the one who gives breath to all creatures. Help us to breathe in your justice and mercy and breathe out grace and forgiveness upon one another. Help us to live into this wild and irrational kingdom that turns everything on its head. Knowing that when we do, we will experience your joy in a peace that surpasses all understanding. This kingdom that you have built for us on the foundation of Christ. So, Father, give us courage, courage to not regret, courage to treat every day as precious, the courage to love you and to love one another. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.